This is The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We are back. And the Lieutenant Governor for the state of Vermont is with us, as he is the first Thursday of every month. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning. Hey, do either of you guys say rabbit, rabbit on the first of the month? Do you know that thing? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Tell I me what that is. Rabbit, I remembered and my daughter remembered, and I forgot to remind my wife yesterday, so yeah. I'm in trouble. Uh, what is it? It's, um, it's you know, just one of those superstitious, superstitious or... sort of fun things to do. Yeah. But if the first words of the month or the year in particular, January 1st, of course, January 1st, 2000 was a big one. Yep. Uh, it's supposed to bring you luck for the month or right. luck for the, yep. the period of time. I remember in, so, in college, I had a friend that did that. We all did that. Um, yeah, and uh, she she was big on that. And it's just, a, I mean, it's it's yeah. fun. It's a little thing, and you, you first, yeah. oh, good morning. Oh, I forgot. You yeah. know, and then you, yeah, yeah, rabbit, 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 yeah. rabbit. Yep, first of the month. All right, no. Dave. So we just That's had a uh, serious question of the day, right there. Right. Did there you, you say go. rabbit, rabbit? There you go. <laughs> oh, before we get into some other stuff, what's going on in the farm? I noticed you have a little mark under your eye. Uh yeah, I have a, a good little raccoon eye going. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was. Uh, Opening up uh, one of the high tunnels, they're like those greenhouse, you know, those tubes, greenhouse you see, and you can roll up the sides with a five-foot metal pole as your fulcrum. And I set it down to my right, and I leaned to my left to just look at how wide open I'd done it because I wanted to gauge how much air was going to get in. And uh, I've done it thousands of times, but uh, I must have put it down a little hard. It started to bounce or come up a little bit, which gave it the momentum with the weight of the side to swing up and over. And uh, clocked me on on my head, thankfully, above my eye. If it had hit my eye, it would have been pretty dangerous. But Dang. Um, yeah, a few days later, the the drain came down, and I got a black eye for the last couple of weeks. People into the farmer's market, they've seen it, or my <laughs> Facebook page, you can go see it. I was pretty ghoulish, actually. And on uh, hey, for Saturday, yeah, at, at market, we put some makeup on my other eye, and people, what happened? Well, one's real, one's fake. Can you can you figure it out? And some people guessed right, some guessed wrong. So the makeup job funny. is pretty. Did good. you toy with making up a, a story like? Oh, you know, uh, there was a, a few. Fight with... Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, you know, I finally got a meeting with Phil Scott. No, no. just kidding. Um, <laughs> and he clocked me. No, I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. Right, Phil right. Scott's a very reasonable guy. I don't think he'd hit anybody, and neither would I. But uh, I I did make a joke at uh, the renewable energy conference. I was speaking there, and I said, "Look, you know, I've been." fighting around issues of climate and, and renewable energy for 20 years, and this is all I got to show for it. So that was that was my one joke in public about it. And, uh, you know, it was it was good in that crowd. I don't know about this crowd. I bet yeah. the farmers, but I do bet the farmer's market, they were like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people have seen me. I mean, my, but the rest of my crew at farmer's market, they heard me have to tell the story about 150 times because right. every customer, hey, what happened? Hey, what happened? Mm-hmm. So I, and of course, yeah. you got another one this morning when you came. I was like, hey, sure. you got a black eye there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my poor crew had to hear it more times than they'd ever want to. I don't think people have a healthy respect for like things like every metal day. Metal pipes, you know? Well, Be yeah. careful of metal pipes, oh, everybody. please, dear God. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's like every day you go out and you're like, all right, so there's vegetables. That's the crop. It's underneath that tunnel. And you got to open it. And it, opening it isn't like clicking on a button going, and the sides go well, up. On some farms it is, but Well, okay, but let's be honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah. most, most rock farms, you roll, roll that up. up. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you, or, you, or you, have, you prop it up and you say, well, I need a little more because it's hot in there. Or, you know, you open it more, open it less. And that's, that's the nature. You really are, you have to be connected with what you're raising, whether it's... Uh, well, and I think it's know? whether you're a carpenter. Any, any physical labor out there, you get used to what you're doing. Yep. You just sort of do it by habit. And once in a while, it bites you back. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now, Dave, we're heading into winter. Uh, it's gonna. It's you know we were in the sixties just a couple days ago, or a few days ago. Now we're sure. in the forties. How's that? How's that all work when you on the, when you run a farm? You know, this is has been a very very late frost. Uh, you know, so ultimately everything that needed to be harvested was was well in by the time this cold came. We covered a couple of tender things in the greenhouse and high tunnels because we still have lettuce and arugula that we'll harvest as long as we can. Uh, but anything out in the fields was pretty hardy to this kind of temperature: carrots, uh, kales, collards, some radishes. Um, so we're we're mostly in good shape. Not not really a big deal to have the, the frost come. All right, now let's. Uh, so obviously, Dave, you were a state representative from when you lived in Burlington. You lived in Burlington for a long time. Yeah. You represented Burlington in Hinesburg now, but um, long history in Burlington. So I want to ask you. We did talk to you a little bit about it last time you were on the big mayor's race this year. Big race. Uh, mayor the Mayor Weinberger, of course, was on the ballot four times in a row, and so the first time since. 2006 that uh, hasn't had Mayor Weinberger on the ballot. Um, and do you look at this race a little bit? I mean, I remember asking you when there was the race for Congress, when it looked like everybody talked about it as the year of the woman. We've never had a female Congresswoman. Now we do. I asked you, hey, any thoughts about getting into that race? And you're kind of like, I'm not getting in the way of, of this, you know. And yeah. do you see a little bit of that sort of transpiring in this race for mayor? You have three announced candidates, Emma Mulvaney-Stanick, Karen Paul, Joan Shannon, all counselors or former counselors, um, and they, all, of course, all women, um, haven't heard of anybody on the male side getting in the race yet. Does that does that have a little smack, a little bit of the same thing there? I, I think there's a factor there for sure. Burlington's never had a woman mayor. Uh, now, again, I think folks would think about it and say, if there's no one in that group that comes close to my politics, then then I would run maybe as a man uh, if you were in Burlington. Uh, but I think for some of the men who might think about it because they'd be interested in being mayor, they probably have someone else they can get behind solidly and and not sort of go into that whole need of that conversation. Uh, so I suspect it plays a factor for some. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. I haven't seen any Republican in yet, so you could see a male Republican. You might know better than me, Kurt. Has anybody uh I've not been that connected about? lately. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, you know, uh, so it, I think that's probably is a factor. Um, so you think it potentially could keep somebody out on the male side, just saying, "Hey, um, this is the everybody's centering this being the first female mayor of Burlington, and I'm not going to get in the way." Yeah, I mean, the difference would be, as far as I recall, I think it's a ranked choice voting election, right? So it's a slightly different situation than in the fall, where uh, for Congress, where it's straight up top vote wins. Uh, so with ranked choice voting, I don't think it's as big a hurdle because you could say, look, you know, if folks want to consolidate around a woman in the end, ranked choice voting would do that. Um, but I think it's still a factor. You'd still be facing that question. Just like you said earlier on the air, there's certain policy questions, how people voted on the council. Uh, there would be those questions in the debates and you'd have to sort of have an answer for that every single time. And I want to come back to IRV in just a minute because we had a, Vigorous <laughs> discussion. Yeah, choice voting. Right. I want to come back to that in just yeah. a second because we had a vigorous discussion yes, with Kelly. Sure. About, but hold okay. it, we're coming back to that in a minute. Yeah. But I want to. What? I'm just having fun oh. with you. You're pointing <laughs> at me in, in the studio. Or, so, those on air can't see that. So, um, but you, we talked a little bit off air, and you're talking about the three candidates because I know them well. You know them well, um, and you would say these three candidates are very accomplished women who are bringing a lot of qualifications to the table. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. No, I, I said that last time. I think uh, they each have 
years of experience in public service, so they know how to agree with people, they know how to disagree with people, they know how to uh, handle constituent concerns, they've made tough choices on different legislation or ordinances and had to answer to people for uh, the decision they made. And I think those are really important factors in any kind of office people are running for that have a fair amount of power, mayor, governor, um, and so forth, because, you know, it's not always easy, uh, you know, like coming on this show. Oh, it's so hard. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But you've got to be able to uh, take it from all sides and uh, rebut it or accept what people have as their opinions, not take it personally. Uh, And you've got to make hard decisions. And so having experience running for office at that level, I think, is important. And all three of them have that. Now, just on a historical note, I don't disagree with anything you just said, but on a historical note, can you name me the last person elected mayor that came from the, that was a counselor or even a former counselor? Good point. Probably Brownell. Wasn't he a counselor? Yes. I think that might, it's the only one I could think of in the last. But, you know, Bob Kiss had been in the legislature. So there's different. What but I was just about, unusual for the yeah. counselor actually is, 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 yeah. is, is, ends up getting elected mayor. Peter Brownell is the only one I can think of. Right. When you think of the last mayors, I mean... And he made Wein- it one term, so maybe that's a little, yeah. a little right. ominous. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Weinberger obviously came from the business community. Sure. <clears throat> Bob Kiss didn't serve on the council, but he was in the legislature. Right. Uh, Peter, Peter was Cito, so he was, in, he was in government. I mean, they... But not a, on the council. That's right. No, absolutely. It's just right. like, it's just actually a little bit of an... Un- Bernie an wasn't audit. on the council. Bernie wasn't on the council. And he practically became president. I don't think Gordy so. Paquette going way back that far, uh, who Bernie actually ousted after four terms. Right. Uh, he, I, I don't believe he was on the council. It's just so I, the, I can only think of one in the last. Uh, just it yeah, made me think of that. So it's kind of like the question: Can you name uh, presidents who haven't been buried on American soil? But that's a different question. He probably can. Can you? That, oh no, that weren't. Oh. That's an odd question. That, that, oh. that we're not buried on. Because Kurt they're not knows, buried on American he knows soil. a lot about presidential who is history. It? Who is it? There's a few. Are there? Really? You're gonna crack up smiling after this. Uh, tell me. Uh, Clinton, Obama. Oh. Uh, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the old question: How many people? How many people are dead in that cemetery? Right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, they all are. All right. So <laughs> yeah. If not, we're going to take go a to Halloween break, uh, and we'll be back right after this. The Mackenzie Country Classic Hotline's open. Triple S makers. This is the way. This is the morning drive on News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. We are back. Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckerman is with us, as he is every first Thursday of the month, as I said earlier. And uh, Dave, I want to get in now. Get into the IRV question, but first, since you brought up this little trivia question, which was uh, you got us. Uh, but you'll last, get me though. You the, know, the, well, this is a so much final Jeopardy, final Jeopardy oh. question last night oh. was. Should have watched. It was. I think it, the category was twenty twenty one or not twenty twenty one, but the. The, the new century we're in okay uh presidential politics and it said what's the president which was the presidential election which was the, the first one since 1952 where there was not a president or a vice president on the ballot i got it right two of the contestants got it wrong an election where there was not a president or vice president on the ballot and it, vice was president. In, and it was in this uh it was in this century this millennium or so century. to me i was like okay i gotta just go this through century. and uh, well, Bush was a vice president, Clinton, no, he wasn't, Clinton, but that was 90s. Uh, boy, my brain is blanking on me. Well, Obama, Obama. was a senator, right. so it was Obama, who was Obama against? 
<laughs> Isn't I it funny? I well, not that long ago. You got to think back to it. that race. Bush. I'll say it was that race. You, you, no, no, it was McCain. Right. Oh, it was McCain. Oh, McCain. You're, You're absolutely it. right. It was Obama McCain. I skipped right, right over that. Both senators. Where yep. Yep. First time since 1952 that there hmm. was not a sitting, a president or a vice president on the ballot. Because, you know, vice presidents usually sure. run. So sure. when the president's done, they're vice president. So it's, it's rare. That, yeah. yeah. So that was the first time in 1952. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, two of the contestants got it wrong, but me and the, and the other one got it right. There you go. So, so do right. you think uh, Biden keeps Kamala Harris? That's a big question. Do you think, oh. I think if Biden is Is on the ballot himself, I think that she does stay on. I think so, too. I think it's, there's a lot of people that talk about that, like that he maybe be better off if he got somebody else, but, you know, dumping. Yeah, dumping, I think you'd get huge in the, on the middle left, they'd be, they'd be fury. Well, there's, there's a lot of talk about the, uh, just um, going to the convention accepting it the nomination saying i i, I want to this is great but to be the king or queen maker and saying no i'm going to step aside and this is where the votes should go and they think he's going to name somebody at the convention oh i hadn't heard that but that's always and, fun and to so, think about but all you the have to remember yeah. that anthony is a big conspiracy buff he believes in every conspiracy i don't not necessarily believe him but i think it's fun to think about options it makes it more interesting. No, you believe in most conspiracies. Well, I do believe. I will tell you right now, I don't believe that, that Biden is the president. I believe there's a team of people behind him making decisions. Oh, I thought you were going to say you don't believe he got elected oh, president. Oh, no, 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 none of that, that. None of that. None of that. <laughs> but but I, I do think that in reality that there's a there's a plan. I do think there's a plan. But this is one of the things that they're talking about now is as this marches on, and Trump-Biden and and all is seventy eight percent of Americans don't want to see a Trump Biden matchup. Right. Well, and, and by the way, every president has a team of people giving them all kinds of options <laughs> oh, and decisions. Yeah, if you think yeah. any of these folks as president are sort of all knowing, I mean, well, maybe Trump just did his own thing. He took advice but did his own thing. But and they'll all make the final decision. But yeah. they've all got a team. Yeah. All right, we're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're moving <laughs> on. We're moving <laughs> on, we're moving on now because. Uh, I, so yesterday we had a spirited sure. discussion about IRV because, as you mentioned, it's back. It's in the mayor's race for the first time since 2009, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so Kelly Devine was talking about this, and she, okay. there became this discussion that if the first, if the candidate on the first ballot clears 50 percent, Kelly was making the case that the race is not over. No, and, the race is over. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I just texted. Over. I just texted Kelly and said, "Kelly, listen up." <laughs> we're talking. It's a very quick answer. And first of Race all, is over. first of all, uh, IRV rank choice voting. It's just a different name, isn't it? Correct. It's it's a, it it's is. the same thing. It's exactly the same. Okay, so it's just a different name because there there are people that have asked me like, "Hey, this is different, right? It's rank choice voting, and it's but it's not. You're, it's to try to. I think both systems give information to people about what it does, and but, both are accurate. But, One is that you have a runoff uh, with the results that were already cast. And the other is that as voters, you are ranking your candidates in, in their choices. And so it's the same thing with IRV. You have a list of candidates that are there. And on yep. your ballot, you go through and say, here's my first choice. Here's my second choice. Here's and you can stop choice. at any time. You don't have to vote right. all the way through. You don't have to. Some don't. Some don't. Some vote for two of the three or five. And but the bottom line is, while you can continue to tabulate the votes after the first round, There's if no somebody point. clears 50%. They're going to stay above 50% no matter what. There's no math that changes that. That's that's what Game I was over. trying to make the point of yesterday. It's like you, you can tabulate all you want, but if somebody's at 51%, when you gather all those second place votes up and distribute them, doesn't matter if one candidate, the, the person with 51% doesn't get one more vote. They still you win. can't You can't reach 51%, and, and right. the future rounds don't change that. Correct. 
Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. Uh, I don't mean to throw you under the bus, Kelly. Hey, I, you got to tell, uh, like, tell it like it is. That's what it is. Yeah. And I just texted Kelly. I said, Kelly, listen up now. We're oh, going to settle this. We're going to settle this right now. Boy. Unless you're Trump. Then maybe you try to figure out a way that the numbers can change. My hundred is huge. It's 110. <laughs> Find me some more I votes. always have 10 more than Tremendous. everybody. Tremendous. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live. Good morning, Drive. Well, good morning. I'd like to say hi to the uh, lieutenant governor. Good morning. Hi. Uh, I was wondering if you guys could take a look outside and if he's still uh, sticking to his global warming narrative. Uh, well, yes, I am, because statistically and scientifically, it's pretty well proven, and it's not a day-by-day weather thing, but good question. All right, well, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. I didn't say that the race continued after the first round. Oh, she's trying so to change it now. No, I <laughs> yes, never she is. that. Go back and listen I to the tape. I didn't hear, so I'm willing to listen. What did you say, Kelly? That. What did you say, Kelly? We're going to listen to the I tape said, later. I said if nobody had 50% in the first round, the race continues oh, no, to only two candidates remain. Oh, and yeah. that's not necessarily true either. Uh, if there are five candidates, but someone gets to the point where they have more than 50%, it's, even if there's three the, left. You were disagreeing that when a okay. candidate hits 50%, that it's over. And that was the bottom line. And then when you get 50, 50% plus one. Well, he's, not, he's not giving you any space for variation there, Kelly. We'll, we'll all I have said to it many again. times, and she, dis, she disagreed. <laughs> Kelly, what do you think? Uh, well, I read it over again last night. I looked at two different websites, and yeah. it does say very clearly, both in the Charter in Burlington and on the Burlington City website, if nobody wins in the first round, the race continues until two candidates remain. Oh, well, then that yeah. is in. Then the website should probably uh, get fixed because uh, you don't have to wait till there's two left necessarily for someone to get to fifty percent. If you've got six people in the it's race. Over. Uh, once some once any candidate gets over fifty percent, there's no way they can fall below that. Well, Kelly, I and I had read that. So I was reading it live on the air, and I went to the city website, and and that's why I have been very quiet because the city website says what Kelly just read, yeah, so and then the, and then it uh, says if you want more explanation, it that you click on a link to the New York City website, which then gives you this crazy animation. Uh, and it gets, it, it gets, anyway. So, uh, well, the website you know, does it's say It's a good that. thing uh, Moreau's not running again, because that could be held against him. Misinformation <laughs> on the website, uh, city's website. But, you know, the language can sometimes kind of be confusing in any of these things, right? So, I talked to people who were there when this thing was crafted on the council, and, and immediately after, they said, oh, no, no, it's over. It, if you right. hit 50%, that's the way it's crafted. It's always been that way with IRV, or ranked choice voting, mm-hmm. that it doesn't matter. You can, can you can tabulate the other votes, so you can say, "Hey, here's what would have happened if rounds two and three. Yeah, you had to see who. who but if, come if, in a, if a candidate in the first round hits fifty plus one, you can't catch him, no matter what you do. But yeah, Kelly, there's thank no, you. there's no doubt that I agree that the race ends in the first round if anyone clears fifty. But this has been been such a question in my mind that sure. I actually have somebody clarifying with the city attorney because both on the New York State site and on the Burlington site, it says explicitly, and in the council resolution, the race continues until only two candidates remain. So I'm still standing by my statement. And I also, the other question I had was, as there are fewer voters because of voter drop-off, does the denominator to calculate 50% change? So I'm trying to get some more clarification on that. I have not conceded to Kurt yet, and uh, you know we'll find out more. Excellent. Well, I look forward to that. Someone's texting me right now that has some knowledge about this saying, 
the vote count continues in terms of tabulation, but the 50% can plus candidate will be the winner. That is, that uh, is just right. That's what, and that's what you're saying, Dave. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, that's, and the, Kelly's saying the same as well. They will continue the tabulations to show what the final results are, but the eventual winner will not change once you get over 50%. Yeah, but I think Kelly's thinking that, that it wasn't over, though. Well, I, I'm hearing her say that, that she recognizes that once you're at 50%, you win, but that the tallies We're going to have to go back continue. and listen to the tape. Yeah, that's I not what she was saying yesterday. Words, but on today's, uh, I think Kelly's because got it the battle squirt. yesterday was I kept saying, once you hit 50% plus, you're the winner. You can do whatever you want after, but if in the first round or whatever round you hit 50% plus, it's over. Right, so both can be true. Like, it's over as the broad statement of you've won, no one else is going to win is true, and someone can keep doing the math to show what the other results are. So I think ultimately you both could be right, depending Mm, on how it was stated yesterday. I don't think so. I'm going to go back and listen to the And that's not me trying to be friends to everybody out there. You know I'm willing to... Right. Create enemies. <laughs> well, I am going back and listen to the tape after the show. going to go down in the ages here. All right. Thank you for taking my call. Kelly, All you're right. wrong. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wow. He gets the mic. Um, That's just not fair. I, uh, I, I got it. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. If that's the case, what you guys are talking about, why didn't Kurt Wright win? Because I didn't get didn't to 50%. 50%. I led. I was the lead, but and through the first and second rounds, but I didn't get to 50%. So, yeah. That's we got, yeah we got On it. FM 96.3 AM 620, News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. We are back, and we're talking to the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Vermont, Dave Zuckerman. If you have a question for Dave, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. And uh, I did just get a text from another person saying, Dave is right. And I responded and said, yes, Dave is right. He's agreeing with me. (laughs) (laughs) The bottom line is the race is not over when you get down to two candidates. The race is over when you clear 50%. Here's the thing. You want to say that again, Kurt, just to make sure? (laughs) But here's the thing. It's if you don't make 50. Yeah, I think there's... That's why I said both are right. She said the... the, She is right. The uh, charter... But she's not right about the... That it's not I, over I didn't hear the candidates. language of what you each said yesterday, so until I uh, you know, roll back the tape, I, I'll, uh, <laughs> I have to... Well, you know, I do know, and, and then, I'm sticking with... And then statistically... Very certain. Statistically, you know, if people didn't say there's three choices and they didn't pick all three, then statistically the denominator changes because well, it's not... Say there's a thousand voters and there would be, you know, first for a thousand, second for a thousand... No, but if people uh, yeah. drop off, I think they do change the denominator. Um, so there's some because ultimately, of, no you, one, you could get to where neither one gets 50% if you right. don't change the denominator. My question for you, Kurt, is will you wear a red sequined skivvies <laughs> if when you listen to the tape, it's not right? Because you, you're very absolute with your your oh, thoughts yeah. about yesterday. I don't, I don't make those like, Just thinking back the, to your really, earlier hour exactly. conversation. Yeah, no, I will not do that. Or will you retire from the radio show? Because, boy, that will be a loss I will for do, all of us. I will do neither. Okay. Yeah, I will say that um, right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> I will do neither of those. But I'm still right. Um, now, Dave, the governor uh, at a press conference yesterday was asked about uh, so I just want to ask you, boy, what's going on in Vermont? You have yeah. all of these homicides. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's, towns it's really from tragic. Castleton to Newport and Wheelock. Uh, yeah, it's all, all over, the place. over the place. What's yeah, going on in Vermont? 
Well, a, a tragedy uh, is going on, and um, it's it's a what is it seven in the last month or something? And, yeah. And I heard on the radio the other day, I think it was twenty something or twenty one of all of last year. Uh, you know, I think the this issue is much more than you know what guns are out there. Uh, we have economic and social stress, mental health that is really um, put a lot of people just tipping people over the edge. You know, whether it's um, the the political atmosphere, uh, the fact that people can't find, you know, you used to be a middle-class person and find a house to buy. No way. You can't find one right now. And it's not even just in Vermont. It's all over the country. It's, it's worse here. Um, we have the highest rate of homelessness uh, or second highest <clears throat> in the country. Uh, we have folks really wondering about what's going on with the future. Uh, you got I just think the world is really heavy uh, right now on people's shoulders, and it's people are cracking, and uh, it's it's a terrible shame. No doubt about it. As Yogi, as Yogi Bear used to say, uh, the future ain't what it used to be. There you go. That's right. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. I, I just listened to Dave's uh, last answer there to your question about homicide in Vermont. Um, he named all these things. One thing he didn't mention is the parents. Sure. Why waste the parents in this situation with his last kid from Shelburne? Why is a 14-year-old kid out there at 8 o'clock at night? That is the question that I just can't believe that nobody has answered or, or questioned that. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, I think... You know, we have a lot of issues in society, and some of it is parenting, but, you know, you've got people who have grown up in every demographic type of household doing some of these things. It's not a matter of wealth or, or poverty, although in some cases it is. Uh, it's not a situation of, you know, race or split parents, dual parents. You know, I do think a lot of us as adults, we are sometimes pretty focused on ourselves these days, including cell phones as well. And, uh, Parenting is is part of it. I, I feel lucky so far. My kids turned out okay, uh, pretty well. But you know, it takes a lot of work, uh, and people got to put that time in if you're going to have kids. Dave, what's your thoughts about uh, the decision, at least so far, to try the, the case in Bristol? Mm-hmm. Two 14 year olds, one 14 year old, apparently in the back of the car, shot the kid in front of him and killed him, homicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your thoughts about the? It's, it, there's a very unusual aspect to it that right now that 14-year-old is being tried in adult as an adult. Well, you know, that's the decision, I think, as Phil Scott said. That's the, what someone is being tried for is, is at the hands of the prosecution. Uh, I don't know enough about that person's history. It certainly sounds like they've already had some run-ins with the law. Um, it seems to me I, it, I, it was not an intentional killing from that that quote that I think one of the other kids said was, was stated yeah. in the car. So, you know, whether it could be a manslaughter or other, I don't know, all the different degrees of murder. Um, right now it's second degree second murder degree, and other things. Right. Uh, I just, the whole thing is a tragedy. Why people are playing with guns, you know, back to the parenting question, back to, you know, guns being in a car with 14 and 18 year olds. I mean, all of this is uh, sort of what's happened to our society question. Uh, you know, we can pass a lot of laws. The government can do that. Government can't can't stop some social idiocy. Uh, and so there's aspects of this that are about what are our social norms? What are you getting trained with as a kid? 
you know, kids can hunt. I know we've, we've had a parent and, and kid come ask if they can hunt our land. And, yep. and, and we say, yeah, I mean, that kid's getting, getting parented there. Exactly. You and know? trained and, and the proper, and uh, you just never point. No. The fact is whether you think, or you have the certainty of Kurt Wright, that there's no bullet in the gun, you do not point. A exactly. Gun at exactly. And oh, yeah, never, it's never. just, Come and on. It does, and I do believe the reason the charge, the, the, there's some mitigating circumstances that it was a stolen gun, and there was some other things involved. Sure, but no, and still, there's been a rash. I mean, it's playing with them. To, to be perfectly yeah. honest, there's a, a rash of folks in southern Chittenden County, northern Addison County. They've been stealing cars. They've been breaking into homes. I know. And to be perfectly honest, here you go in the public. Our house got broken into yeah. last week. So uh, you know, uh, it's it's a lot going on out there, and. Uh, it's a real challenge. It is. And I do think, though, there is a there is a, a kind of a connection you can put together. They are coming down on drug dealers. Mm-hmm. OK. And, mm-hmm. and if you notice, they're, they're, they're talking and they haven't connected it publicly. But a lot of the people that were, were certainly in execution style, um, you know, when when there's a big drug sting and you see a host of this then I, I do think it is part of the pressure of, of coming down on trying, yeah, to, trying to mitigate the drugs. The yeah. All right. Let's go back. Yeah, to the there's phones. callers. What do we got? Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning. Uh, whose idea was it to close the the juvenile detention center? Uh, when I was a kid, I remember all the all the kids that sucked ended up there and just made the the classroom better when they were removed. So, well, well I mean, <laughs> whose if idea you, was it to close it down? Well, if you've heard recent news and read Seven Days, and uh, you know there were. A lot of problems with that center, and yeah. that doesn't mean uh, we shouldn't have something. And there's right. been uh, a proposal. I think it's in Newbury, and there's a lot of folks opposed. And part of it is to have a juvenile center, but a very different uh, atmosphere, uh, because again, juveniles—they're kids. Uh, it's it's a matter of you know how do you um, rehabilitate someone, not just punish them, because at that age, folks can I think still turn around, uh, and and if you just throw them into cold cells, you've got 60, 70 years ahead of you of someone not being productive in society and costing society a lot of money. But, but that center had a lot of problems. Yeah. And it wasn't replaced. And, and, and here we are with like the mental health crisis. Um, yeah. Woodside was not, was and not you can't lock them all up. No. I mean, if, if, if every single person who's, who's called in and said, why isn't this person in jail? Why isn't that person in jail? We would need a lot more prison beds. Well, and but the unfortunate reality is, is here we are, you know, three, four years later, and and doesn't seem like there's a plan for something, a a, a place, a safe place for for. Well, there is. There there kids. is a proposal in Newbury. Is there? For that. There yeah. is. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Good morning, guys. Hey, uh, just some facts that probably haven't come out yet, but the uh, the Somali shooter there, the fourteen year old, has uh, got a rap sheet as long as your arm. Uh, he, he was not an innocent law-abiding citizen. Neither were the other two he was with, by the way. They were doing some pretty uh, some pretty bad stuff, and they didn't get caught in the act then, but they were about to do something. It'll come out in the news. Uh, one of the things that I saw in the news was they said that the, the shooter needed an interpreter in court. Uh, if you know anything about the shooter, just dig a little bit. You see he was born and raised right here in Burlington. Why does he need an interpreter if he's been going to school for you know most of his life here in Burlington? That's something that I don't understand. And going back to what the previous caller said, we need juvenile detention. This this is just one making the news right now. There's plenty of others out there that haven't made the news. Well, thanks for the information. And yeah, that is a little surprising if he was born and raised in Burlington that he needs a 
interpreter. I, I hadn't heard that he had needed an interpreter, so that's news to me. I did see that in the story. I mean, and I just I, what the details I don't know about is how long he was in Burlington. I hadn't heard that he was that he was born and raised in Burlington. That could be. I just didn't. I I knew that he had been. in But Burlington. if you're 14 and you're born here, I would I think mean, you'd I, speak. I just hadn't. Bowling. I hadn't seen that. I, I had seen that he'd been here for a while. I didn't know that he'd been here. For, his whole life. Because a lot of folks speak uh, a different language in the home, but right. you yeah. still, through society and education, but also, I, uh, you know, I know a and, lot of And good on them. I mean, we. one of the things I think is interesting about the United States is how few of us naturally have multiple languages. I mean, you're, in yeah. most of the rest of the world, people speak two, three, four languages. Yeah. No, I can barely are, speak English. There are generations Fair of enough. kids now. And you held uh, office and everything. In schools. <laughs> I know a lot of teachers. There are generations of kids that are coming up that are dual language. They they speak English uh, at school, and they, they speak a different language at home. It's yeah. cool. And I, I that's... It, it actually harkens back to, you know, a hundred years ago, because my grandparents spoke English uh, on the street and Italian at home. That's just and, the way and it I was. think it actually makes your brain work differently. Oh, you yeah. actually, you, you have a, a broader perspective on things when you see the same thing through two different languages. Yeah. So we do need, you see. support that we do need another facility, Boy. right? You do do support that we do need another facility. I mean, I one of the things do. here was, that, was this 14-year-old in court in Middlebury. Uh, they uh, in the end, the prosecutor pulled her request to have him held because, right, because you don't the, want a 14 year old kept in a. Yeah. No, I think we do need a facility. I, I think a lot of our um, systems of detention and incarceration need serious reforms because, again, 95% of the people who are incarcerated are going to be back out in the community. And so we really need to think more about ways that it's done in some other countries, uh, you know, where you're. You're being incarcerated. You are limited in what you can do, but you're also um, rehabilitated. There's job training. There's a lot of things. We need more job training out in the general as well. Tech ed, we, we've talked about those things. But um, the idea of just putting people in a room uh, or a big big room with other people as well and just walking in circles is not really the wisest way for us to do this. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Excuse me. Good morning, guys. I'll try to make this quick before I lose cell service. Um, the whole idea of the juvenile system and everything, you know, just putting the kids in there, I really think the parents should be right there with the kids because the kids wouldn't be in the position that they were in if the parents weren't involved in their lives. I think these parents really need help. They need um, either counseling. They need some type of intervention of why are you not raising your kids or something. Maybe they don't know how to be a disciplinarian. I've heard thousands of parents like, oh, I'm their best friend. It's like, you're not supposed to be his friend. You're supposed to be his parent. I think that if a juvenile system is in place, you know, it'd be really great if the state of Vermont would really um, put put the parents not in a cell with them, but, you know, do some type of counseling where, you know, if you want us to take your kid you're gonna you're gonna be a part of it. You're not just shipping them off to camp, and you know, and six months later, you're gonna have a soldier. That's that was just my two cents. Have a good day. Parenting, Dave. Uh, you know, parenting is important. I think it's a bit much to just automatically say all parents, because I, I know people who have raised their kids with uh, you know rules and parameters and and all kinds of. Uh, I think reasonably good parenting skills and and a kid, you know, things happen, you know, uh, you, one of my former employees many years ago, uh, turns out he had an opioid addiction. I didn't know it. And he got that because he had hurt his hand in a prior job Mm -hmm. and was prescribed, you know, Oxycontin and that took him down the path. So it's not always parenting, but I do think it's, it's an interesting topic. Uh, but 
that's that's a tricky path to go down. Dave, we just had a, a caller earlier before you were on the show talk about that they were surprised that the the guy that uh, the fourteen year old that's that uh, was being tried for this shooting of the other fourteen year old right. was surprised that he is now he's been not only released back out to his his home but that he was back at school at BHS. Right. Um, we keep hearing and we had the controversy about this principal pulling the fire alarm because there was a fight going on that she couldn't stop. Right. Um, and we keep, and I, I keep hearing from people that know about the school system that there's lots of fights going on, that there's weapons being brought into school. This fight, I guess, was something that was out of control, that the principal could not get under control. Do you think um, the school resource officers, there ought to be school resource officers in the schools? I, I'm not a fan of school resource officers. Uh, to me, dollars should be spent um working on intervening with those kids, uh, with counselors, with other um, services, other classes that might get them. You know, I I do think we have sort of a a strict education formula that we need a little more flexibility on in terms of the paths kids can take in school. Uh, I was just talking with someone who's actually hosted um, uh, foreign exchange students. And they said, what was the, asked the students as they were leaving, what what was surprising to you? And they said they were surprised in schools about uh, kids with phones and devices in classrooms. And they said, where they're from, if you were looking at your device in class, they would take the SIM card and give it back to you at the end of the year. You know, And you know, I I think there's something to that. Mm -hmm. And there's been a big swing up and down about whether you can have the phone in the classroom, because what if you forgot something? Well, you can go to the front desk and and call home to to get something. And um, there's... There is something about social media. There's, uh, I would argue, and I'm sure this will get some of your callers upset, but I think there's something about the tone and tenor from leadership in this country. And uh, I honestly think our, you know, there's there's hate issues from from a range of sides. I'm not going to say it's all one sided, uh, but when you had a president who just bombasted and basically made it the norm that you can bully and meanness that elevated it for everybody and now everybody is more willing to be mean to each other and mean is going to lead to fights in schools because you don't have the the skills yet and and your hormones are raging at that age um so i think it's a combination of things but i don't think a single sro in a school is going to necessarily change that the one thing i would push back a little bit because i have a lot of friends no, welcome, and, um is it it's it, there is we have this vision of a, of a police officer in a uniform standing there like enforcing the law right what really happens is if it's the same individual it creates a connection and then and then over time students come up and say hey you know uh what about this what about that and and it's not like they are afraid of the police sure. officer there becomes more of an open conversation about yeah, what and that goes done. back to the police officers that used to walk the beat more exactly and it was your neighborhood so there i think there's yeah. a there's a balance yeah. there but let's sure. go back to the phones That's good morning fair. you're live on the morning drive hi good morning What seems to be missing here is the fact that we don't enforce our gun laws. Everybody wants to just create more and more gun laws, yet we don't enforce the ones we have. Mm. What we should be hearing at the end of each of these news reports about gun violence is, well, the the parents of the child did not store the gun properly, and the the father is now going to serve 20 weekends in prison. We've got to do something about enforcing the laws we have. We don't enforce them. We just create more laws. We never hear about where they got the gun. It's just... (laughs) Well, it just and, goes and, away. And no, I mean, we need a couple of sheriffs to track down each one of these gun incidents, find out where they got the gun, and prosecute the person responsible for that person getting the gun. It's that, I just, we just don't do it. We just keep throwing more and more laws. Well, and last year, one of those laws was around exactly what you're talking about. They, they passed the safe storage 
language, which is not that you have to lock your gun, but if you haven't, if, if your gun is used in a crime by either a child or someone who's got an extreme risk protection order and you've left it out in your house and they took Laying it from around. your house, then you have responsibility for that. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't say you have to lock your gun, but you would be responsible as that person. So that law is, is recently on the books. The other one is whether or not tracking guns, the uh, hard part about that is uh, they're not marked, right? There's there's ghost guns and there's no, no marking on any gun to, to technically track down the specific Gun. Now, maybe with forensics, people can tell. That's that's outside my knowledge. Area. Dave, do you know what the difference is between the with the horrific shooting in Lewiston, Maine hmm. last week? Do you know what the difference is between their yellow flag law and real red flag laws are? I, I did just hear that on the radio the other day when uh, Governor Scott was talking about whether you know our red flag law should be considered as a national model. Uh, and I know that Maine doesn't have it, but I don't know Maine's laws enough to be able to tell you the difference of what they do and don't have. Okay, um, and then... Obviously, we've all been following what's happened in, in Israel, between mm. Israel and Hamas. Mm. Our congressional yeah. delegation, uh, I think all three now have called for a pause. Not quite a ceasefire, but they've called for a pause. What do you think? Should there be a pause? Should there be a ceasefire? And should Israel continue on and, as they've as they've stated, totally wipe out Hamas? Well, yeah, I mean, first, to be clear, I am not uh, a, a well-versed historian on the you know hundreds and thousands of years of of challenge. And I think uh, President Biden said it well the other day, which is don't don't overreact uh, as we did after 9-11, uh, where we, we dispelled the goodwill that we had all over the world by the war that we ultimately perpetrated uh, that both many Americans died in and tens and hundreds of thousands of, of folks in Iraq also perished. And I think, you know, it's short game, long game, and it's not a game, but it's long ball, I guess, that they needed to do something. They certainly had to go hard to the border uh, to stop any further uh, insurgents from Hamas, which is just what awful people do, that sort of thing. And and they are terrorists for doing that. Um, And I don't know, how do you go into an area like the Gaza Strip to rid them of these terrorists who live underground and have these storage facilities under community spaces. I mean, the, the Hamas folks are are barbaric. You know, they do use uh, Gazans as, as human shield. Um, on the other hand, you know, the number of people that are dying in Gaza, not only from the aerial bombardment, but also from the restriction of supplies, um, that's inhumane as well. And uh, I know that it's really hard on... Uh, a lot of Jews around the world, anti-Semitism is on the rise. Uh, but let's not give more reason for there to be anti-Semitism beyond the historical that's already there. Uh, and we've got to, I think a pause is wise. You've got to start small and, and start to build from there towards peace. You're not going to get peace overnight. And you would not call for a ceasefire. You know, I've, I've gotten a lot of thought from some Jewish folks saying, you know, a ceasefire with an enemy that just says our goal is to wipe you out, we'll never hold and stand. So start with a pause so that at least the folks uh, in in Gaza can can gather their things or or move, try to move away. Um, a pause and a ceasefire, I guess, technically could be called the same thing. So sometimes mm-hmm. it's language, but um, you know how long for? I, I certainly would wish for a ceasefire because I just think you know an eye for an eye, as Gandhi said, just leaves everybody blind. I don't know what's the ratio. 
how many how many Gazans need to die to make it emotionally balanced to how many Israelis were wiped out in in those terrorist attacks. But if you're Israel, you can't. I mean, you can't let a terrorist group that just did what they did just stay in place. No, they've also said they've wiped out an overview. If you look at Gaza, they've done quite a bit of damage to both the infrastructure and and both the, Hamas and other people there. So where where is the line? Do you, do you not stop till every building is demolished? I don't know. We got to go. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor Dave Zuckman, as always, for being on the morning drive. And we will see you in December. We'll see you then. Thanks, as always. I love your callers, and I like you guys, too. And send, it's early, but happy <laughs> happy Thanksgiving, because we won't see you before then. That's right. Have a and wonderful thank Thanksgiving. Thank you for proving me right on IRV. Oh, One God. of the best holidays of the year, because it's not about stuff. It's about yes. people and family and, and good food. food. Yes, Great. it is. I and, love Thanksgiving. And we have to remember... Who helped bring that food to the table back in the original Thanksgiving? There we go. Let's be aware of that. That's all, certainly. All right, well, we're going to take a break. And actually, speaking of bringing food to the table, uh, Steve Gentile's coming in to talk.